0: Hello and welcome to the Wing Travel podcast with me, James Hammond. Personally, I have been to 50 countries. I've met so many people on my travels that I want to bring them on this podcast and get their story on record. I have plenty of tips and stories to share with you as well. Are you a backpacker or a traveller or gap year student or simply someone who loves to travel? Then this is the podcast for you. Throughout the weeks and months, you'll get many guests and solo episodes where I try to cover all range of subjects within travel. This is a casual and informative travel podcast to inspire you to travel in the future. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Thanks for listening and supporting this, and I'll see you soon. Cheers, James. Hello, and welcome to the Wing at Travel podcast, episode 53, Travelling with Connor Kelly from the Comeback podcast. Connor is a returnee, on for a second time, and this time we delve into the reasons why Connor lives in Vietnam and has stayed there for two and a half years. And his future travel plans maybe going to later this year or to 2023. And what he's thinking medium to long term in terms of travel. A really good insight this week. And a bit different to the usual podcast episodes that we have. Where we actually discuss a little bit about why we left. And what we think about going home. And why we're both expats in different countries. And also the future, what that holds. I want to say thanks for listening last week for Sophia. That was a great episode about travelling in Europe in a camper van with a dog. And also some other bits of travel too. Thanks for your feedback and thanks for listening and downloading the podcast episode. Make sure to catch up because this one's going to be a cracker and we've got an awesome rotor of guests coming up for the rest of February and into March. So I've done some social media stories the other night, a whole episode on Bhutan coming up next week. That's the next episode after this one. Then we've got uh, some road trips. We've got some different countries in Europe and Asia. We've also got an awesome episode coming up about a couple who went travelling for a year on their bicycle and I got to delve into some of their trip and some of the countries that they went to and that felt really good hearing their story and can't wait to share to get that out there really we met those guys in Vietnam and that's Michael and Marissa so I'm thinking about getting that out in in sort of like the start of March so we'll see, we'll see anyway thanks for listening, I hope you have a good week safe travels, travel's coming back and we've got a trip planned to LA in the start of March so that's the first travel I'll be doing this year and I might do a cheeky episode on it as well. So thanks for listening. Check out my link tree on social media for and the show notes for merch. Also for buy me a coffee when I to donate to the podcast. And make sure you rate five stars and give us a review on any platform that you desire to. Catch you soon. Cheers. Bye. Let's get into the episode. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Winging the Travel podcast with Connor Kelly, who's back for a second time. Connor was a guest on episode 22. And he's here to talk about his podcast in 2021 and the lessons he's learned as he has released over 300 episodes to date in terms of recording right now. I also want to tap into some of his travel plans for the short, medium and long term and also see where he's at in terms of Vietnam and his teaching career so far. Connor, welcome
1: to the show. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you, James. And thank you for having me back for round two. I'm really looking forward to this.
0: Yeah, you're always on my list. Um, I think I just want to get a few unique guests on, but I think you are probably the first person who's back on for a second time apart from one um, but she was just helping me out <laughs> so <Okay. laughs> no thanks to her but um <laughs> yeah you're like the first guest to reappear and we'll talk about some stuff um some updated stuff from the last episode that we did yeah no worries the, the honor is all mine <laughs> <laughs> you're still based in vietnam so how's it going there and how's covid been treating you the last three or four months
1: yeah it's a tricky one really because i believe the last time we spoke i'm going to guess it was around august that we were in quite a strict lockdown It was fairly draconian, and that was the case for July, August, and September, where, I mean, leaving the apartment, you could go to the end of the road. There were so many variables, but we were basically in full, strict lockdown. And since October, uh, I believe the Ho Chi Minh government, or the government of Vietnam, said that we can't do this forever. We do have to open up eventually. COVID is still strong in Vietnam. There are still cases daily and they keep going up, but I think they're just looking to deal with it now rather than you know resort to lockdowns. And so as a result of this, the last three months have been fairly free. There are still, you can't go to nightclubs, for example, but you can go to bars and stay out late, which are not quite as wild, but you know you can still go out and socialise, which is better than nothing. You can travel, which we will get onto, but I've mm-hmm. just been to Hanoi and Da Nang and plan on continue to go you just need your vaccination which I have and to be honest with you Vietnam Ho Chi Minh everything's almost back to normal there are still a few precautions and when somebody gets COVID who you know you have to test yourself etc yeah but it's been fairly good yeah it's definitely improved since the last time we spoke which I was relieved to hear because Vietnam I'm, I'm falling more in love with Vietnam to be honest with you and we will talk more about this so to have the last three months you know make me realize exactly why I love it it's been great
0: yeah, I think the last time I spoke to you, yeah, I do remember you saying you're, you're literally full lockdown. It's just you and your apartment, I think. Um, obviously, you can go and get food, but I think even takeout was a more of a better option because you can't really go out to anywhere. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that it's kind of back to semi-normal. And um, I guess the vaccination program's kind of been rolled out pretty quickly, has it?
1: Yeah, massively. I think it was July. Suddenly it just came out and then Boom! almost everyone was on the list then you got the text on say friday night tomorrow morning you go and that was it so i've had my two astrazeneca pretty happy with it yeah i think we have a booster coming up soon but we'll oh see yeah how it goes. yeah
0: yeah um and it's great to hear that you are falling sort of like in love with vietnam even more because you've been there for a while, haven't
1: you? yeah two and a half years july 2019 and yeah it's almost like when i came out of lockdown i almost went for round two <laughs> where I learned, you know first coming to saigon we spoke last time that i would be shocked by the traffic and the scenery and the architecture and now coming out of lockdown i thought oh wow i forgot about all of this it was like a round two like a regeneration
0: yeah and it's also great to hear obviously for yourself who lives who actually lives there but um, if any budding travelers are listening that uh thinking vietnam is on the hit list i don't know what the restrictions are like for people coming in but it sounds like it's going in the right direction so that's kind of cool for um, the tourism industry to kind of pick up again i think
1: yeah big time and as you mentioned that yesterday i believe or the day before the first international tourists came to vietnam from oh wow oh wow the first time in years and the plan is by june 2022 to have it almost back to normal with well when we say normal you will need green cards and yeah. certain certificates etc But it will be open and tourism is going to start again. So it's definitely on the rise. I think in the next few months, we should see some positive news in that regard.
0: That's brilliant news. And also, um, I think the majority of people will be vaccinated. It's a very small minority who are not. So the majority of people listening will be that normal is fine for them because they can go with their vaccination card, right? Just to make sure they have to prove it. But that's great for you because does that mean that you're going to probably. I think we're going to travel now as we're kind of talking about it in Vietnam. Do you think you'll go to. Have any plans to explore even more of the country that you've probably not seen so far? Uh,
1: in terms of the country of Vietnam, I'm pretty lucky that throughout the last two years, I've been able to still travel around it. So, okay. what my plan is for the next, you know, few months whilst I'm living here, etc. And I actually wrote this list out earlier. Uh, I only have a few places now which are essential for me to go to mm-hmm. now in Vietnam, and so they're, you know, really at the top of my list to tick off. And then I will have—I'm not going to say complete Vietnam because you can never complete Vietnam. Yeah. Yeah, or the, yeah. the places I want to will be off there, and then I will look to explore more Southeast Asian countries and actually get some international travel. Because I, I mean, I might have mentioned this the first time when I came to Vietnam. The plan was to travel the whole of Southeast Asia, yeah. and I got to Bali, and that was it because of COVID, etc. So this time, I'm I'm looking to yet yeah, Cambodia, Laos uh Malaysia, Singapore, Philippines, you know, trying to get as many Thailand, of course, how did I not mention that? <laughs> as many places as possible. So that's my plan. But for now, yeah, there's only a few like in Vietnam that I've not been to, such as Hue, Ha Halong Bay, Quy Nhon. So once I take them off, I will be pretty satisfied with my record.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Let's let's get to we'll get to Southeast Asia plans in a bit. Let's talk about Vietnam first. Um so yeah, those the places that you mentioned there, uh Ha Bay etc so what's
1: like that are they like the top two or three on your list or are they just the place that just basically left for you to do um yeah I'd say they've probably both been on the list for a while but I never got round to it because it's slightly awkward being in the north and I'm in the south okay. and also and it's also yeah what I have left on the list I mean the places like Da Nang, Dalat, Kondo, Fukuok they were on the top mm-hmm. I have ticked them off and now I, I think it's because I went to Hanoi for Christmas because I wanted, a, you know, a slightly colder, slightly grittier experience for the holiday season. Yeah. And upon realizing that, I thought, wow, there are, you know, mountains and there's cold in Sapa and Kapa mm. and Ha Long Bay nearby. Yeah. Which I've not been to. And I've seen the scenery from people on social media and thought, yeah, I need to go there. And I feel like from living in Vietnam, if I didn't do those places, I would regret regret it. And I've done, say, Nangu. Yeah. Twice, Phu three times, Dalat twice, Moine twice. So I, I've done the same places a couple of times, which is great. But I also quite like a novelty. So they're definitely on the list. And maybe, you know, by the next time we speak, I'm, I'm hopefully going to have achieved them. So they're coming up soon, hopefully, for the next six months. And question for you, is Ninh Binh on your list? Uh, yes, it
0: is. It is. It that is, is. Um, one place, if I was to advise anyone in Vietnam, is to go there. Um, and why would you advise that because it's pretty sensational so you've got Helong bay which mm. is the classic um you'll get your boat and you'll probably do some kayaking through those like hills in the water basically aren't they like they're like kind of little mountains in the water but yeah, you have that on land but the difference nimbin is you can canoe through caves so you're sort of i won't call them a driver but your your boat person um they not they sort of like take you around the rivers and the little system that goes around the caves and it, you see some unbelievable sights in the caves like they're so big and they're so colorful and i was more taken aback by the the location and Nimbin, and being surprised that it's flat and then you suddenly see like hail on bay on land i just couldn't really believe it so uh if i was to give you one bit of advice nimbin has to go on your list as a priority. okay
1: as you're saying that, I'm shifting it slightly up. <laughs> 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 but yeah, for sure. There's a Tet holiday coming up pretty soon. Oh, yeah. And I'm, I'm not sure if I get a week or two weeks off. Now, if it's the two weeks, then I can hit them all. But if it's just the one, then I might have to you know, select accordingly. So we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, I'd be keen to keep an eye on your socials and see if you uh, post some pictures of where you're going. That'd be quite cool to keep track of. <laughs> uh, but on Bay is obviously great as well. Like, don't get me wrong. But Nimbin, Nimbin was a nice surprise, I think
1: yeah for sure yeah no I'll, def- I'll definitely check it out and I'll keep you updated how it goes
0: nice one and what's been your favourite place that you've seen like that this is, that this you mentioned earlier about the place that you've been to two or three times what's kind of yeah. been your favourite do you think
1: uh, well I have two favourite almost destinations but that's primarily because of the expat community and I know I know it's both pretty well now so I know exactly where to go and what to mm. do etc so it's more of like nostalgia and they are Da Nang and Quoc. however the place that I love the most in terms of its scenery was definitely conned out. I think it was just the whole, the whole novelty idea where there's only three or four flights a day. Not many mm. people go.
0: No, not they been. People. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not even. It's, it's been there for ages, and there's some connection with the, the war from back in the day. And mm. I look. I went to the museum there, and also you can go, you can go a couple of miles without seeing anybody. It's so quiet. It's so peaceful, and the beaches are completely pristine. There's no dirt. There's no filth. The water's absolutely crystal clear. There's mountains. And just walking around, I think, how do people not know about this?
0: Yeah, I have, if, I have no information about it at all. I'm yeah, going yeah. blind here.
1: <laughs> I didn't until the New Year when my friend said, let's go to Condell I said, what's Condal? Yeah. It. So, yeah, we went for three or four days, and it was absolutely stunning. I, yeah, I can't speak highly enough of the place. It's a hidden gem, and, yeah, eventually, more, when more people hear about it and start visiting it will become a bit I don't know maybe I guess like any other tourist place for now because of the secrecy it makes it top of my list for sure
0: well that's interesting you say that because um when I first went to Vietnam in 2013 the secret place that people didn't know much about was Phu Quoc (laughs) so I went there when they just built the airport and we were one of the first tourists to go there I think and there was like no real combination there's bits and pieces but literally no one there the roads weren't even finished a few restaurants but almost untouched. But I, th- I believe now, you've, you've obviously been, so you can probably speak to this, yeah. that it's actually quite um, built, built up now, isn't it, I think?
1: Yeah, no, I do remember Hidden was Food Block. I think, what now that is the place. I mean, I've just looked at uh-huh. the socials. And for Christmas, I think there were one of two places. The reason why I went to both Hanoi and Da Nang is primarily because they weren't the two places that everyone was going to. Like, <laughs> for Christmas <laughs> and New Year's, it was either if you wanted a bit of, you know, uh, cold slightly grittier weather, you went to Delat, ne- De where yes. you wanted you know, your standard holiday place, and this is 80% of Saigon, I feel, went to Quoc. Every time I looked at a story, it felt like the whole world was there. Oh, so it's right. it, Fukuok's that place now. It's the one that, you know, if you think, oh, where should we go for the weekend, Quoc? it's straight away. So, yeah, it's fascinating that's changed, because I can't imagine it, you know, how you've just described it, where yeah. it's not from, it's only a few restaurants. <laughs> I think, what? You go every corner, you can't stop but find a pizza place or somewhere for seafood. Oh, wow.
0: Yeah. You know, you know, the capital, is it Duong Dong? I'm telling you, mate, there was probably, we found one um, burger place, which was like a, I think it was a European style in terms of it was run by a Swiss couple. And we were like, oh my God, we found somewhere that we can like, have some kind of English food, if you like. And that was pretty exciting. But some of these roads, I'm now looking at the map, and some of these roads were not even finished. Like you get to like towards like the south near the airport, and the road just finishes. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, <geez. laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I'll be. I don't know if I should go back and just see what it's like. I'll probably be disappointed because it's probably a bit crowded, but yeah, it's quite interesting.
1: Yeah, it will be. I can imagine when you get there, you'll think, what? This is not, it's, it won't be the same place. You'll think, what? This is suddenly, you know, yeah, you're the <laughs> most hot spot in Vietnam. What the hell? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You'll probably, probably get a culture shock.
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh, the accommodation we stayed in was like a big hotel, which for us at the time, when we stayed in hostels, because obviously we were on a budget. And for the same price, you could book this hotel. And I think we saw one sort of like American couple in their 50s who were like sinking some vodka during midday. So I think they're like chilling out. But other than that, we didn't see anyone really or even see much in terms of like restaurants or even resorts. It's just a very few dotted about. So it's quite interesting how it's changed.
1: Yeah, for sure. That sounds exactly like Condell. I remember seeing three foreigners in the entire time I was there. So yeah, it's definitely the... Yeah, the modern-day Fukuoka is probably Kondau right now.
0: And I'm I'm now looking at Kondau pictures, and
1: they look incredible. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. I think the pictures do it justice.
0: (laughs) I'm like, oh, should I just leave this out of the podcast episode because people will start going there? But it does look incredible. (laughs) It looks like some of the pictures of the beaches look insane. Wow.
1: Yeah, yeah. I couldn't believe it when I was there. It was literally paradise. God, how
0: has that been so untouched for ages? It's a great question. Yeah, Um, for sure. So that's great. So you've been to Con and obviously um dot about all over the rest of the country. Did you like Hanoi? Was that the first time you went there for Christmas or no,
1: it's not actually I went this time last year for the first time because I okay. realized I've been 18 months and not seen the capital. And I'm yep. surprised with how many people don't because of you know the fact that it is the capital. I thought why not just visit for a weekend? So I went oh, for yeah. a weekend. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I, I I like it. I understand why some people would say it's boring, etc. Because it is a smaller Saigon. It's not as vibrant. It's not as lively. It's a bit more relaxed. And Hanoians are very different to Saigonese, etc. Yeah. But there's something I really like about it. I think the main thing is how old it feels. You feel like you're yes. part of history because it is a much older city than Saigon. So as a result of that, I love it. I love how cozy it is. I love the atmosphere, fairly similar to a British kind of town. And I thought when I went in January last year, I went back in April and then met some people there and looked at the expat neighbourhoods just in case I ever moved. I don't mm-hmm. think I will, but I just used it as an idea. Yeah. And I thought, I'd have to come here for Christmas. There's something very Christmassy festive about this. And so maybe 2021 I'll pop for Christmas. Because the year before I did Fuok for Christmas, because yes. you know, everyone did it as a tourist bit. But Christmas on a beach, it it didn't really... Sit too well with me. I thought, okay. you, know, it's, it's, you know, being from England, I thought yeah. it, it was it was nice to to try and experience. But I thought for Christmas, I am gonna do somewhere cold, somewhere <laughs> somewhere <laughs> a bit. Cold. So I hit Hanoi up, and yeah, I loved it, and I do really like Hanoi. I am, I've kind of seen all the tourist bits now. I think I think it's the b- bits around it, like we discussed earlier, Ninh Binh, mm. Halong Bay, Sapa, etc. That that's where I'll go next. I'll only use Hanoi as the stop off, but I know I do like Hanoi. I think I am glad I've seen it. Uh, I wouldn't move there, but I think it's definitely huge part of Vietnam and I'm really glad they experienced it
0: yeah hanoi has got some great highlights like yeah you're absolutely right some people just either don't like it or don't even bother but I find that incredible when we were there we obviously saw the Ho Chi Minh Mausoleum I don't yes. know if he was there when you were there but um we queued up for about an hour and a half to go and see him for about five seconds um, <laughs> but the seat, like it's a great walk down there like from probably the French Quarter where most people stay and it's got a lake there which is really nice to walk around and there's definitely highlights we had some great brunch there and some great local food in like, like combined different cuisines so we'd go and get some like proper foe or whether it is like somewhere out of town almost we walk somewhere else but down the road from our hostel was a nice place to go for brunch and have avocado on toast so they've got like <laughs> all your all your needs really so it's yeah, 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 got some great, great spots yeah absolutely
1: yeah i just think it's when you compare to saigon i mean i because I, cause I, I'm slightly biased because I live in Saigon. That's yeah. only by chance the fact I got offered a job here. But I feel like you wouldn't move from Saigon to Hanoi. You would do vice versa because it's, you know, a bit smaller. It's not quite got the same energy. But if you like that, if you like a slightly more relaxed way of life, you would love Hanoi. So I, I really wouldn't knock Hanoi. I quite like it. How do you think uh,
0: you would see it being different to where you are now in terms of living, like, the two places, Saigon and Hanoi? Like, do you think... Uh, it'd be a bit harder for expats to kind of settle into Hanoi or do you think there'd be a same sort of community there to uh, meet people and stuff? Um,
1: good question. I think it would be slightly easier to be honest with you to settle as an expat. And I, I only say this because I've had this backed up for me by people I know who've done it. Okay. I think because it's smaller, you have a bit more of a everyone knows everyone type vibe where the jobs obviously aren't as regular. Mm. Uh, the same, there's only a certain selection of bars that you will go to and there is that vibe in Saigon, but it's still so vast that you can get out of it, whilst Hanoi you can't. Now, some people would find this slightly slightly suffocating, but I think if you wanted to settle and also get, you know, kind of an old school vibe and also get some kind of, it depends where you're from in the world. If yeah. you're from England, you'd love it, because there are still, you know, you can still wear your coat, and you can still wear <laughs> your hat and gloves, etc. And there is that old feel, so I think it would be slightly easier to settle in hanoi if you are a first time coming to live in vietnam i probably Mm -hmm. would say that now i'm glad i chose saigon well i didn't choose i just got given but i'm i'm i don't regret the fact that i'm in saigon rather than hanoi i think saigon is a lot more fun vibrant multicultural etc but i really wouldn't knock hanoi it probably would be easier to settle there
0: is there still a curfew there in hanoi
1: yes and that's the issue but i I believe from a few sources, there are ways around it, but I've, <laughs> not, I've yeah. not found that out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, when I was there, first time, when he stayed for like half a day, um, it was really weird. I, I, that's probably when my first impression came, that we, we arrived, it's pissing down with rain, we had to walk from the train station to our hostel, and we got soaked, and I don't know, it's just that that kind of like, shaped the trip for Hanoi really, and we got straight on a boat to hale bay or bus and boat, but going back there, I do know that people have lock-ins there so uh if you're yeah, worried about having no, a night out I think yeah you get you get to a bar know, slightly early and then they just lock you in until probably early hours or even in the morning um and then you can walk back out but yeah I'm sure there's ways to have a few drinks
1: yeah no there definitely is and that's why you know I would I don't think I would live there I did consider it but then went to check it out and realized it isn't for me but no, I still think you could have a very happy time living in Hanoi. You know, I would mm-hmm. recommend it to people, You know, if, you, if you're if you thinking about it. If anyone listening wants to move there, go for it. That's what I'd suggest.
0: Yeah, and also um, you've got obviously easier access, I guess, to Sapa and to Heilong Bay and Ninh Yes. Uh, they're the, the place that we mentioned yeah. so far. They're kind of just around there. And also you've got the train system, which can go down to Hawaii, which is obviously a bit of a train trip, but it's straight in. There's no problem. So, yeah, it's a good hub to dip around Vietnam, I think.
1: Yeah, no, massively. Yeah. I'd certainly recommend it. It's definitely better for that. Yeah, because in Saigon, we have the nearest to say like Moine Vung Tau and they're not great, let's be honest. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, that's, that's a fair point. Uh, it's a really random question. Where does the curfew end in Vietnam? Like what part of the country does it start to get a bit loose? Um, If you had ooh, a guess.
1: If I had a guess, I would say more the south. I'd say more the south because I've you know visited the centre and there's still places where you can go but it's a bit more relaxed in places like Da Nang, Hoi An. But once yeah. you get to your Saigons and Moines and <laughs> Bung Taos, that's when, yeah, is there a curfew? I feel like Saigon is the city that never sleeps.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's a, there's not a curfew in Saigon. Surely not. Um, oh, no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think from my experience, I don't even think there's one in Denang, but you've been there recently, so you could probably um, shed more light. But I don't think there's anything in Da because it's quite an international hub um, i found a lot of international travelers go there um
1: yeah usually yeah i wouldn't say Danang is um has a curfew either but it's just because mm. i've actually spoken to people this weekend it, it doesn't but there aren't that many places still you can go While mm. saigon is there's no curfew anywhere <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah that's fair enough how did you find uh, Danang uh, as we're on to the that place
1: Danang, i really enjoy it i actually was thinking if there was a place that i would move to in vietnam that's not saigon I yep. don't think I would move anywhere but if I had to choose it would be Da Nang because of that you get the beach you also yep. get the city you also get the mountains you do get the expat community the way of life could be very good I feel like it would be slightly boring for me after a while but it's still a beautiful place the scenery is great the people are friendly prices are good it's probably yeah my favorite like go to spot shall we say like I like, was my favorite but as a, as a one-off because it's such a gem and a beauty, but mm. in terms of, you know, you know, a getaway, I'd probably choose Danang.
0: Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I like Denang. It was, um, it's not a favorite of mine, but it, it's a good hub. I think it's a good place to go midway through the country. Um, and if you're kind of craving the main a bit of Western culture, you could probably find some uh, stuff there. Like for example, we found an all you can eat um, afternoon tea in Danang. <laughs> so if you're yeah. kind of, if you're kind of fed up with Vietnamese food or you want a bit of a break, I can't remember yeah. the hotel. I have to, try to probably research that. Um, someone told us about it on our travels, and they said, oh, you go here uh, in the afternoon between 2 and 5. They have all you can eat in afternoon tea, and they're absolutely right, cakes, sandwiches, the whole lot. Um, it's, it's weird how you remember, like, random stuff. <laughs> it's not like yeah. – I feel bad because it's like the classic backpacker thing. It's not really, like, the true like local thing that you could probably recommend, but it's just something I remember from Da Nang. and obviously the beach as well.
1: Yeah, but on that note, actually, I went this weekend, and one reason why I was excited to go is because, you know, I have my Irish roots, and yeah. so the only bar in Vietnam that serves Guinness on draft is in Danang. Oh, wow. Okay, that's a great tip. <laughs> yeah, so I was, I was, it, it used to be in, sorry, that's a lie, actually. There are two. One is in Hoi An, but then they moved another branch to Danang, I believe. So I was going to when I went to Hoi An, but it was closed. So they said, but we have the Shamrock, classic Irish name, in Da Nang is open. Would you like to go? I thought, yeah. So wow. literally, as, as we were touching down, I said, right, I'm going to the Shamrock for a Guinness this evening. So that's yeah. why, you know, that was genuinely a highlight, just having a Guinness <laughs> because it's been, it's been probably two and a half years or three years. Whenever I last had a Guinness in the UK, I can't remember.
0: And was it full of Irish people or was it actually some locals in there?
1: Um, mixture, to be honest with you. I th- yeah. I'm pretty sure the owner's Irish, and there are a yeah. couple, but. <laughs> but yeah in, in Saigon there's actually a huge Irish community where my workplace it's probably 78% Irish which is extraordinary it's like <laughs> having kind of you know like long lost family members all in the same <laughs> but yeah in Da Nang, yeah there were a few locals in there it wasn't very busy actually when I was there I only went okay. twice yeah. yeah I guess it was just I said I was only there for three days I went twice <laughs> but, but yeah <laughs> yeah it was, it was a nice place it's,
0: it's a fair point that you made about um where you are now in Saigon about the the, the community there being a lot of Irish so that's kind of good to know for anyone who's listened who's thinking about teaching in Vietnam or maybe a a city like Saigon in Southeast Asia Mm -hmm. that you kind of find a a decent community community there to help you out right they're going to be um, probably working with you or friends of friends right?
1: I would definitely agree the one thing I didn't actually comprehend before moving was exactly how many communities there'd be I thought so I had this idea because I didn't do any research, which I don't know if it was good or bad. Because I didn't yeah, want good, to good. I, I didn't want to overthink it because it's yeah, yeah. the biggest done today, so I just went for it really. And upon coming here, I didn't. I just thought Vietnam, and I'm thinking of all the local stuff. You know, I'm thinking that I'm going to be in eating street food and going to hems and, uh, you know, walking down like the side of the street where there's loads of traffic. I didn't think of any Western places. And yet, upon coming here, there's a huge Irish community, lots of Australians, lots of English, lots of South Africans, uh, Americans, Canadians. There is a variety. So you can find people pretty easily, whether that be your workplace or your Mm. neighbourhood, etc. So, you know, you you can do that. I I just think one thing that I would recommend to anyone listening who thinks, oh, great, you can meet people, is you can. But everyone's here for different reasons, so it can be hard to kind of filter out who you should spend your time with, for example. Mm -hmm. So I would suggest strongly, and I learned this after the first year, and we will touch up on this: is get a hobby or get an interest, like the, like I did with podcasting, because that means you can filter out, you know, the avenue that you would like to go down. Because there's so many people and so many different bits of information and culture, it can be hard to kind of stay on track. You can easily get lost here. Is what I'm trying to say. Okay. So yeah, you can meet loads of people from different communities and cultures and hot, hot <clears throat> and environments, etc. But try and get a hobby. That's my advice
0: okay okay as i can say did all those people do they all teach or they all got some of them got different jobs
1: uh, i thought after my first few months that everyone was a teacher here yeah so whenever i you know met someone i go oh where do you teach <laughs> like <they're gonna> teach <laughs> yeah LA. no and then that's when i that's why i thought what Like, i thought you had to be a teacher here. yeah and yeah so i would, do. That's mainly, what I would do. Think, yeah. mainly from doing the podcast but I, I was aware of it before hence what helped me to go that direction you've got yeah, restaurant owners entrepreneurs uh actors models and you think how this is extraordinary like yeah. how on earth you to get your jobs at djs etc i think right let me you know find out more about this so yeah you can just you can have another job here teaching is obviously the you know the golden ticket but there are other ways of working and living in vietnam aside from teaching as far as i'm aware
0: wow yeah i mean the only other thing i could think of apart from you know before you said that was maybe tourism like you might be a uh a tour leader or a tour operator maybe like in different parts of the country but yeah it's, it's fascinating that you've got people from countries like ours and they're just yeah like a model or yeah own a restaurant that's pretty crazy yeah I, I didn't even think that was it, naively I didn't even think that was even a thing like I thought everyone just taught um that you probably meet who is their mediums long term
1: yep that's what I realized after three months or so I, thought, <laughs> I remember the first person I was like oh yeah I'm a DJ and then I do some modeling I and then I kind of, I actually said, Who do you teach? And they went, I'm not a teacher. He kind of was like, Teaching? Oh, no, no. And I was like, Oh, why <laughs> sh- did. The, so and then I actually said, I thought you have to be a teacher to be here. And I was being serious. Yeah, and they yeah. kind of laughed. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, you don't. And then I, you know, and then upon, you know, exploring, I thought, Well, of course you don't. And then I'd go to Fuwok or Da Nang and I'd, you know, there'd be English people like, at a bar. Like, there's, a, there's a bar in Fuok. I'll shout this out. It's one of my favorites. Cheeky Traveler English Bar. If you're in Fuwok, please go. <laughs> I'm not getting paid to say this. I'm just yeah, saying Yeah, That's and the couple, the couple behind are from Leeds and Canada. And I was like, oh. so, you know, you start asking questions. You're like, you know, so how would you come here? And they kind of yeah. start telling you. Few, and I'm like, whoa, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, you can set up here. And then I've done that the same with so many different business owners and bar owners and restaurant owners. And then thought, wow, yeah, you, you can come here and not teach. But teaching is just, you know, the obvious route. So, yeah, yeah it's yeah. definitely possible.
0: Like, I, I'll be asking questions like, how do you even... Set a business. Like, what's the bureaucracy like? Is it easy? How much money do you need at least? Like, I'll be asking yeah. all the rules. I guess you can Google them, but it's fascinating that you can probably speak to, like, I guess, they're now locals, but they're foreign locals, right? But yeah, that's
1: exactly that's yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, you can Google it, but hearing it from the horses is a lot more
0: yes. valuable. Yeah. Before we move on to your Southeast Asia plans, anything else you want to mention about Vietnam? Maybe something you've been or or plan to go to, or do you think you've mentioned most of your things?
1: I think I've fairly covered it. I I think, to be honest with you, once I hit the northern spots, you know, your Nimbin's, yes. Ha Long Bay's, ha, et cetera, then I would probably like to do a bit more rural Vietnam, where I know that I couldn't mm. do much there. But I would just like to just go to a Vietnamese village and spend a night there, you know, the traditional Vietnamese way, because I've, I've got a few more Vietnamese friends now than I used to, which is great. I yeah. realized around a year ago, because of these communities, I just speak to, you know, my foreign communities, and then realize, oh, I'm in Vietnam, Let's, let me get some local friends. So now I've got a few, that, they tell me their hometowns, and I think, yeah, I wouldn't mind, you know, doing a few more authentic Vietnamese experiences. I've had a couple in, like, the Mekong Delta and Mekong mm. 9, etc., and I've, you know, done the Vietnamese style, but I would like to do a bit more of it. So once I hit those tourist hotspots, a nice weekend away to those spots would be definitely on my agenda
0: i think you'll learn a lot i think it's a classic off the beaten track right so um yeah, for, sure. for an example i do work with someone in my job here in canada and she's from japan i told her my trip that i'd done for about four weeks with emma and so oh yeah so you went all to the to the main spots so i'm like yeah she goes next time you gotta to go to the countryside i'm like oh really she goes, yeah. you'll find out a lot more there with like your authentic people and the cuisine and the way of life, you'll learn more there about Japanese culture than maybe in big cities. That's a, that's a fair point. Um, but it's brave, you know, like, you know, if you if you plan to go to Thailand, for example, you look at the map, you're going, yeah, I'm going to go to Bangkok, I'm going to go to PP. I'm going to go to Copenyang, Chiang Mai. These are the classics because it's what most people do. But if you're going to pick a village in between Bangkok and Chiang Mai, you know, fair play. There probably won't be a lot about it in terms of research. So you probably have to go in there pretty pretty blind and just kind of go with the flow Um,
1: yeah no it's 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 a tricky one because you do want to see the places that everyone goes to because there's a reason why but also it's about balancing that with getting a more authentic experience i mean i wouldn't i would never you know like criticize people for going to the main spot because i do understand it and i do it myself but i also think yeah there is something about going in blind to a random vietnamese or thai village and just seeing you know life from the local perspective but it's a tricky one to balance you know
0: it's a tricky one and i think I would advise it because it gets you out of your comfort zone a little bit more even depends where you are in your journey really like if if going to Thailand in itself for example is out of your comfort zone then probably you should stick to the main spots just to help you out but if you're right, kind yeah. of a bit, bit more experienced in Asia or Southeast Asia and you want to push the boundaries and yeah I guess the, the, the countryside is the place to venture out to in the little towns I guess
1: yeah absolutely yeah and no, I like the fact you've mentioned that about comfort zone where for a lot of people traveling in general is quite a big thing so yes if if that is a big thing for you then yeah definitely you know you have your you know your comfortable hostel in Chiang Mai or wherever but yeah if you're someone like I'll shout him out because I feel like I couldn't be on a travel podcast and not mention this man my dad then you can (laughs) then you can do your you know place in a local village where you won't get a great sleep probably because your accommodation won't be great because it's you know the local style the food might be different and you might be yeah. uncomfortable you, you'll probably get lost people might not speak the language but you will learn that way and yeah i think now to be honest with you because i've done two and a half years here i need to get a bit more out of my comfort zone so mm. that's probably the plan hit a few more of the the rural spots and you know yeah test test my knowledge of the country
0: yeah yeah absolutely i'll be keen to keep a track on, on what you learn um for sure and i think um uh, an example of maybe where I have experienced this randomly is probably India because everyone knows the big places right but you can you can go to a city that's got a million people but no one's ever heard of it because no it's not in the news or it's nothing nothing big there see so there's actually no tourists there but it's actually a big place uh, so it's quite it's quite an interesting dynamic um just because of the amount of people that are there but yeah I found in India that sometimes you drop into some some cities even or in big towns that don't really see many tourists um and they kind of like like, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. that They'll help you out. They're keen to learn and understand what you're about. So, definitely worth doing. Yeah, big time. What is your so rough plan in Southeast Asia? What what, what sort of like countries or highlights are you hoping to, to get to after maybe Vietnam or in the meantime next year? Uh, this year, sorry, 2022
1: Yeah, uh, it's a good question. And to be honest with you, I haven't done an awful lot of research about it because I still don't know when and where etc mm. i think what was high on my list before i before the covid stuff was ollie which i did and after that it would be uh, cambodia thailand laos mainly thailand to be honest with you just taking off those places yeah and yeah probably doing you know the traditional way but then i still would like to go to other asian countries that are, pro- well, are definitely a lot more expensive and probably not the traditional backpacker route like singapore malaysia I know the mm. Philippines are, but I would still like to go there, etc. be honest with you, I want to do the whole of Asia. Because of this Vietnamese experience I'm having, which I'm loving, I'm getting yeah. a bit more interested in Asia as a whole, where I think, I know this is just a part of Asia. Like, if I go yeah. to, when I went to Indonesia, it was very different. When I go to Cambodia, it will be different. But I want to see different Asian perspectives. I find the Asian way of life really fascinating. I love the community feel that you get I love the hard work they do I love the discipline mm-hmm. I love the the way that you, you have for example just noodles rice eggs etc you know food that's not exactly mind-blowing but they manage to find so many <laughs> different unique ways of doing it and bringing certain sauces in and certain herbs and flavors and you think this is just amazing like the passion they have for their food yeah and the way they treat their own and the people around them I think Asia's just an incredible place. I know that's you know a broad term to speak about Asia <laughs> continent. Like, Asia's amazing, but yes, yeah, what yeah. makes me want to just explore as many countries on this continent as possible before I you know start doing more moves such as the Australia route because I'm you know I do want to move there. I'm sure we'll mention this, but yeah, we'll come I to that. That, yeah. that will be. You know, that will have the, of course, you know, the same language, etc. Just yeah, I'm, one friend who's a bit sceptical about Australia said it was like England with the sun, for example. Oh. Like, I know there's going to be some. <laughs> oh, okay, no, I'm, sure, I'm sure it is. But, you know, there, there will be similarities because of the language, etc. Whilst yeah. Asia is completely different. That's why I want to, you know, really immerse myself in this completely unique part of the world before I start going to places such as Australia or then go back to Europe, etc. So I'm looking forward to that challenge.
0: Yeah, I think you pretty much summed up why traveling is great because you mentioned Asia, unbelievable place. I think I was, I, I've personally spent uh, just travel alone probably a year in total in different parts of Asia, I think, in my traveling life, if you like. Sure. And every country has got their own culture, every way, you know, different ways of life, food, language, the whole lot. And it's so addictive because you. I always think, oh, I'm going to go back to Asia because there's like loads more countries I've not been to. And... Like Philippines, for example, is probably the only place I've not been to in Southeast Asia, so that's kind of like itching away at me in the background, really. But they've got their own, obviously, cuisine and culture and history, and yeah, I can see why you want to go to these countries while you're there because, um, for one, it's a little bit easy; like you can just hop across the border on some of those countries if you get the time, because they're quite cheap. Most of those countries, unlike maybe someone like Japan. Um, you're going to have a potentially like a long time there. So you can probably learn a lot more stuff there than maybe someone who dips in for maybe a week on a holiday. So yeah, fair play to you. I know you're a bit younger than me. You definitely should, if you can, just try and get to those countries as as quickly as possible.
1: That's the end of 2022. Is
0: there one in particular that really takes your fancy?
1: Probably, I'd probably say Thailand just because I know it's going to be beautiful, but Singapore yeah. is also up there because of its contribution. And, all, I know, and Japan. Yeah, okay. If I have to pick between three... <laughs> singapore japan let's go japan because i did consider moving there a couple of years ago and i just realized it probably wouldn't be for me but we'll go japan we'll go japan and i think it's just because of again the the whole respect culture the contribution to architecture and food etc yeah i think japan
0: yeah japan is uh i've said this a few times it's just a place that we would go back to and there's not many let's say tomorrow we're going somewhere Japan will be up there, even though we've been there for four weeks. Uh, it's, it's definitely high on the list still because there's so much more to see and do. And like you say, the culture is great and it's easy to travel around. It is expensive. Yeah, that's OK. Like, as long as you've got the budget, it's fine. Yeah, absolutely. And let's talk a bit about your Australia plan. I know we mentioned this last time on the last episode where mm-hmm. I think it's kind of loose. I think it maybe was like in the back of your mind, but maybe it's festered a bit more this year. But like, is that maybe 2023, do you think? Or a bit bit further on,
1: yeah, it's a strange one because I think the last time we spoke, I actually had this idea in mind where Vietnam I was enjoying, but there was a bit in the back of my mind saying, "I think you should uh, you know only do one more year here." There was something, you know, I wasn't totally in love with Vietnam, where yeah. I really really liked it, and I'm not giving it any criticism, but I wasn't completely in love. But I think the last three or four months, on you know maybe on a personal level or in different ways, this is mm. becoming so. Good. I'm getting so used to the lifestyle and becoming so comfortable. I'm remembering again why it's such an amazing place. And as yeah. we're talking about Asia, these feelings are coming back. So I, I can actually see myself living here another year past 2022. So let's oh, wow. get to mid 2023. I really can. Yeah, and yeah. with that, you know, it's the balance of. And points will come in the next few months where I'll have to make a decision. But yeah, Australia is definitely there. I mean, I am still really keen on it. It's been. Been in my mind from the age of, say, eight or nine, to be honest with you. So a long, long, long time. And I do have to scratch that itch and fulfill that ambition. And I feel like I would love it there. So I am going to do Australia. Uh, That will happen at some point. And I'm hoping 2023. Maybe, I think here's the thing. It could happen 2022. This could be the year I move to Australia. But I'm still, I'm not, yeah, it's a strange one. I I can't really give you a direct answer. No, no, no. As I'm talking now, I'm, you know, I'm moving over. Like, stay in Vietnam, move to Australia because... Yeah, if Vietnam goes so well, it's almost like if it's not broke, don't fix it. Stay in yeah, also yeah. Travel Southeast Asia whilst Australia you know, is out there. We, we will see what happens, but Australia is definitely on the radar, whether it be 2023 or 2022. So we'll, we'll see how that develops. Right now, I'm very Vietnam-focused, but Australia is definitely there, mm. and I will still keep my eye on developments to see when and where I can go, what to do as a job, how I can manage it. And, uh, one thing that is slightly... Probably, it's not putting me off, but I, I'm definitely aware of it, yeah. is that Melbourne and Australia is a lot more expensive to live yes. than, Vietnam, than Vietnam, and I'm very used to a very luxurious lifestyle here, I just went to <laughs> a four-star hotel for the week, <laughs> I've yeah. stayed in five stars, and it's very easy, I'm just, I, look, I, I sometimes look and I go, oh, can I get that four-star hotel or not, or should I get a five-star, do I need a pool, like in my apartment <laughs> I need a cleaner, I have a rooftop and a gym. And these are decisions that, you know, are very standard to me and very different to my upbringing in the UK, which is just very casual. And I know that that's not going to happen in Melbourne. I know that I'm going to switch back to that that uni lifestyle of probably having to budget, etc. So that's, you know, something that it's not putting me off, but I definitely have to be aware of it. It's definitely going to be very different. So I'm, you know, trying to mull that option over.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a shock. (laughs) I think um, (laughs) the only thing in your favour, weirdly i think because of covid i'm not even sure if they'll let people in on a work permit this year i'm not sure if australia are really gonna sort of let loose on that it probably would be 2023 just because of logistics anyway so you might be kind of staying in vietnam a bit longer anyway because i don't think australia will really fully let go until i guess the vaccination programs and the boost has been rolled out so uh, i'm not sure on that one yet but yeah that's going to be an interesting transition the only thing i'll say is you can earn a lot of money in australia so yeah, that you won't earn enough to yeah four or five star hotels. Like you, you'll do okay, but you still won't earn enough to obviously save money and uh, and do some trips and stuff. So
1: it's yeah, just, you'll, you'll be fine. The first couple of the first couple of weeks, I'll go. Oh, oh it is not fifty p? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, it's ten dollars. Oh shit.
1: I'll I'll adapt accordingly. You do adapt quickly enough to things. Like now, yes. I I'm, I'm a millionaire because you know Vietnamese dong, of course. And yeah, yeah. me won, a while to get my head around, but. <laughs> Within a couple of weeks, I got it, and now I, I can't go back to having coins for money because I've not been back to the UK since I left. And now I, oh yeah, I used to pay everything in coins. Do you think you'll go back to the UK? Here's here's a very interesting thing which I've thought of. I mean, at some point, I feel like because it's been two and a half years. Yeah. When I go back, it will be you know minimum three. You know, is it time then? Because I'm not homesick in terms of missing the environment at all. Yeah. But I do miss family and friends, and I would like to catch up and you know get that nostalgia hit, and I feel like i could be better for it. But I probably, if I had to predict right now, and we don't know how this is going to go, we can listen to this in a year's time and go, oh, that didn't work out. Yeah. I don't think I'll come home in 2022. So, okay. you know, that there will be four years. But we'll see what happens because we'll get to the summer. And if, you know, the borders start opening again, then I would probably rather travel Southeast Asia whilst I'm here than go home and come yeah, back. Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: It's the same amount of money. And I know that when I do go home, you know, I will still get probably – probably a fairly similar experience of you know i've not had it so i don't exactly know but mm. I, I can imagine it's just like you know a catch up the nostalgia trip down memory lane that'll be the same in 22 or 23 it doesn't really matter so we'll see what happens
0: yeah it's interesting because what i'm really keen to understand and i don't know this because i'm not in your position in terms of working and living in asia um traveling is obviously different i i'll just be keen to know when you go back will it be weird like will it be just it is home, but it's not really home anymore. Like for here, it's kind of the mm. same, like Canada, UK, very similar. But there's still subtle differences, don't get me wrong. Yeah, there, there were some things that, oh, I don't miss that about UK. But yeah, hey, your, your yeah, culture will be completely different coming back, right? I just want to know, I'll, I'll be keen to understand how you feel going back.
1: Yeah, here I predict a huge culture shock. I think that this has been two and a half years, and even little things that I'm so used to, where I'll get into... A taxi, and hear Vietnamese music, and even I know this sounds really obvious, but for the last two and a half years, whenever I go into a restaurant, I Mm. often can't understand what people around me are saying because it's a foreign language. Yes, I know. I know this sounds crazy, but when I go back to the UK, I will probably you know find it really surprising when I can understand everyone in the coffee shop (laughs) (laughs) on a standard basis, and there won't be motorbikes, and there won't be street. You know, I don't want to sound too you know exaggerate things too much but I think I will get a real big culture shock because it's two and a half years it's a it's a long time and I will notice certain things and go oh that was different and that wasn't the same or that was or oh I didn't expect that you know there mm. will be that so I'm I'm really interested it's something that really intrigues me but yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. whenever when, when the time comes the time comes and I will assess the situation but yeah it's going to be interesting
0: but there's no thoughts from you to actually move back let be visiting back
1: no, no, I've, I'm not planning on doing that for a long no, time, to be
0: honest. long time, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that's fair enough, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've had the same thought since I was probably 23. Like...
1: 20, just, just turning 22 when I left, so there we go.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, same thing, right? Um, I have been back for like a year, but there's always a plan to leave, so I've not really been back where there's been no plan to leave, so it hasn't happened for a while.
1: I, I almost want to wait until all my travelling is done, shall we? Say? Like, I don't know what to say, what, say the word done, but, you know, kind of wait it out for <laughs> as long as possible and then come back and be like, hey, like five years, he years.
0: <laughs> I totally get what you're saying. There's one problem with it, though. There's always somewhere else to travel. So, yes. yeah. yeah as,
1: <laughs> I I said, as, as I said that, I thought, oh, yeah, but then there's South America. <laughs> yeah. Then there's North America.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's Bhutan. Oh, shit, I need to go there. Like, there's just so many yeah, places. Yeah, uh, but... I guess you'll never be done, which is quite a scary thought. I try not to think about that because it kind of scares me every day. You kind of want to go somewhere else all the time, but it's not a problem. Yeah, I'll be I'll be keen to see if you can visit back after that. Like how it felt. Uh, That'll be back to Manchester as well, wouldn't it? I
1: guess. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, yeah, that's where yeah home is. So yeah, we'd see how that goes.
0: Finish on Australia. Yeah, do you have like any any sort of idea where you'd even go, or is that kind of still too early for that?
1: I think Melbourne. I think Melbourne is the okay. city where I live. Uh, yeah. Almost. Yeah. That, that's from doing from doing a bit of research into other places like Sydney and Adelaide etc I'd rather Melbourne I feel like Melbourne appeals to me as in we, we had a bit of a chat on this on my pod where we talked messy yeah. in Melbourne where it's a bit I feel like it would you know, it'd have elements of Saigon it would have ele- kind of home elements but it would also have it's Australian vibe and you've given me some great tips etc so I think Melbourne is the place that would suit me i've always lived in a city i've always felt very comfortable in a city hence yeah. why i can't imagine country living etc but yeah i think melbourne would be the place that i go to we can revisit this in a couple of years and see what does happen but mm. that's the one that i'm looking to do in terms of a job i'm not entirely sure but this is where the working visa thing is a bit where that would be very useful for me because yeah hey then i, you know, I, can, I can you know apply my hand to whatever comes up Because the journalism route, it can be tricky. I guess if I, you know, build on my journalism career, try to get something there. Uh, Teaching, mm, I I only teach English to foreigners, so that can't happen in Australia, of course. Yeah. We'll see what what happens, to be honest with you. It's a bit, yeah, I think it's just the, for now, really, it's just the idea of living in Melbourne, but then working out, you know, exactly how I'm going to supplement that. That's the next step. I haven't looked in it uh, in as much detail as I'd probably have liked to in Mm. this year because of, the whole Vietnam situation. I kind of accepted quite early on that Australia won't happen until twenty twenty two at least. So we'll see how it goes.
0: Yeah, and you've got flexibility like with the work visa, so um, I do, you can please. always just temp temp for a while before you figure things out. um And that's the beauty of Australia for a temp job. You're still going to get I don't know twenty to twenty five dollars an hour, like in <laughs> some basic some basic admin. So <laughs> uh, that's a good way to kind of settle in just to get some money on the board and figure out what to do. And there's also the options of like those seasonal type jobs, not the, the shitty ones that I was doing, like um, picking grapes, but you have the grain harvest where they pay you by the hour, but you'd be in the middle of nowhere in like Western Australia, but you kind of can for two or three months do the harvest, save a load of money and then yeah, go back to Melbourne or whatever. So yeah, there's plenty of options in Australia and uh, you'll have no shortage of places to look at because it's vast, but Melbourne's a great start. hundred percent.
1: Yeah. Looking forward to it.
0: Okay, let's move on to your podcast because uh, it's been a year. I think at the time of recording today, I think we're approaching a year that you started. So uh, you've released over 300 episodes, yes. which blows my mind. Now, <laughs> your podcast is called The Comeback Podcast. We discussed a little bit about this on my episode 22, uh, episode 22. Just remind the users uh, roughly what the premise is of your podcast.
1: Yeah, no problem. I started it in yeah, January 2021. The first episode was on the 13th, so we're about two weeks from the anniversary. And it's themed called Comeback, because come back from adversity. So how you get through your certain challenges, this can be related to anything, and how you come back from it, that's the most important bit. Everybody will face some kind of struggle at some point. Mm. How do you come back? That is the key. Also, because my initials are CK, I thought I'd put that as the title. I thought it would be a more personal slant, which (laughs) seemed to resonate. Uh, But I also like dealing with almost any topic, to be honest with you. I feel like to improve as an interviewer, I can't do just one certain route. And also, I get a bit bored. My mind whirs quite a lot, where one day I'll be fascinated by somebody who does music, then by an author, then by someone sporty, then by a doctor or a physician. And I think (laughs) I need to just combine this. So there's almost access all areas there's not really anything that i leave off limits Uh, i do some travel podcasts etc yeah but i think think the primary theme if i had to really narrow it down and i don't mean this in a not in a gloomy way but i do like to look into the comeback from adversity not to say that you know we talk about trauma the whole time we focus on how you come back which is the most important bit. Mm. but yeah i probably go a bit more towards triumph over adversity that's probably the main theme of the show
0: And is that because of your personal experiences or does someone like kind of inspire you to do that type of podcast?
1: Uh, Definitely personal experiences. I definitely had quite a bit at university where I was a bit all over the show, to be honest with you. Lots Mm. of depression, lots of anxiety, suicidal thoughts, etc. So I thought, right, okay. I managed to slowly come back throughout my early 20s. And I you know, started to realise that things were enjoyable. I started to look at people in the public domain who... Did work such as this, such as Jodie Spencer, Eckhart Tolle, Paul McKenna, Robin Sharma, mm. etc. So I thought, yeah, I can definitely do something like this. I thought that podcasting would really suit me. I thought it would suit my interests with my journalism background and learning about new people and having conversations. I'm also fairly shy, I would say, in person. I know we've not met, but I, I'm mm. getting better. But I'm, I was never growing up the most confident. I definitely needed some work in that regard. Especially yeah. talking to people. So I thought, if I talk to people, then I've got no choice but to learn how to do it. So it was helpful in that regard as well. And yeah, I think it just satisfied all mediums there. But it was definitely my personal experiences which kick-started the comeback, shall we say.
0: Yeah, that's uh, it's kind of like inspiring to see that you've released so much content on that sort of like broad subject because um you can really delve down into specific subjects, right? So that a real, I didn't even plan this question. I'm going to fire a question at you that you probably didn't expect. But do you think, if you went back to the UK, that would—is that maybe a problem going back to the UK? Like it might have some of those thoughts or those memories. Because, for example, for me, pretty deep down, I don't want to go back to the UK or even to where I'm from. Like I do, I obviously, like miss my friends and family. But there's a reason I left, so I can't even mm. tell you what that is. <laughs> um, but there's a reason I've not gone back yeah. to kind of settle back down there, right? So uh, yeah, I can't, yeah, love of travel is one thing, but there's obviously. You can love travel and be based somewhere. And I've not based myself back in UK for years now. So I'm keen to see what you think about that.
1: Yeah, no, I love that question. And I thought, I've thought i thought about it a few times, hence why I'm glad you've asked it. And the, the ultimate answer is it probably is a huge reason why I'm not keen on moving back to the UK. Because mm. I've got this, you know, I've visualized the, the, the day I arrived back. And, you know, when you take away all the nostalgia and all the, oh, it's so nice to catch up. Yeah, cetera, yeah. I know that after that, I'll think, oh, now what? Like, I'll see people that I saw in high school and primary school, like, doing the same things or having kids. And I'll kind of go back to when I wasn't particularly happy growing up. So I'll think it will probably, you know, remind me of that era. And I I don't want to say be a completely new person in moving abroad because I still have – I am still the same person. I just have different experiences. I see the world from a slightly more – I think that's slightly more positive, a slightly – different perspective now that i've gone abroad and i've tried and spoken to so many different people and also done in a work uh, so that's why i think yeah when I, if i was to go back there probably would be senses of oh yeah same old shit or oh yeah i forgot about this bit so there might be i don't know i think it would yeah possibly not want to move back there because of the past memories but also just to yeah get a sense of a visit There probably there is a reason why i left the uk and there is a reason why <laughs> After 2.5 years, I'm not homesick in terms of the environment. Yeah, same. If, if it was the right place for me to be, the UK, I'm sure that by now I would have got the slap in the face to go back. Absolutely, so yeah. It's not happened yet, so I'm going to wait. If the time comes, if there's a time that says the UK is for you right now, then I'll go okay. But it's not come yet, and it's not been anywhere near close, to be honest with you.
0: That's a very valid point. I'm exactly the same. I've not felt that the need... Uh, to be back there i love visiting back um, i think i probably give it i speak to my friend about this at work she's from ireland we're like oh how long do you think it is before you start to wish you're back here and she said i think i'll give it two weeks when i go home and i think she's right i think two weeks is roughly the, the amount of time where it's nostalgia it's catching up with different people probably every day and then it's back into old routines yes. i think um <laughs> It's weird. I don't love Vancouver. Like I'm not like a Vancouver lover. It's not something like, oh, my God, you've got to be here. It's a, it's a nice place to live. But when I'm back at home, I do miss it. So that's probably because mm. I've had enough there. <laughs> um, yeah, it's an interesting question, though, isn't it?
1: Yeah, no, definitely. I, I, I already know. It's weird. I think I know. I'd be very surprised if I went back to the UK and went, I want to come back here. Like, I feel like it would literally just be the nostalgia. And once you get over that and look at the bigger picture... There's a reason why you left, and you do make sacrifices when you move abroad. Like you do miss events, certain birthdays, certain parties, yeah. certain Christmases, and I do look and think, "Oh, I, yeah, I do wish I could have been there on that day." But the bigger picture, the day-to-day living, you know, the nitty-gritty, small details, and yeah. mu- much, much better abroad. So I will stay there for the foreseeable.
0: <laughs> that's, a, that's a valid point. Like the, the, I don't want to delve uh, back into UK too much and give a bit of grief, but yeah, me and Emma do talk about to some of the things that just seem difficult there. Like, uh, for example, a few things I can throw at you. When we went back in October, so I've not spoken to you since I've been back, it was just a car crash. Like, At that time, it's before Omicron, obviously. Uh, Just before, actually, luckily. It was just, it was like, it's gone from being locked down here and kind of sensible living to, like, you know, UK has, like, the rammed pubs and, like, people just not giving a shit. (laughs) It's, like, back to normal, and it's really unnerving. I felt a bit uh, uneasy. And I almost felt like I escaped. Um, there was a there was a day I had with my friends that was great, like we caught up and went on a bit of a day drinking session and slightly a bit of a night out. But I had a sort of a curfew to myself because I couldn't really waste a day back at home. I had times limited, so I didn't want to be hung over and kind of just like sit at home and do nothing. Um, and that was 11 o'clock that night, but i have been probably drinking about 12 hours or something. But the last place that my friends went into is one in, one out. And that's because of it, it was full people. I thought initially it was COVID rules, but he's like, no, nah, no, nah, mate, it's full. I'm like, there's no way I'm going <laughs> in there. No chance. It just seems, a bit gloomy UK sometimes that like you go back and it's grey and mm. I don't know. It doesn't give me any, in terms of the place, like any motivation to really itch to get back there. The only thing is the family and friends, that's the only thing, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and I also, there are small things like going to the Odd British Festival or the Odd British gig or walking around a city like Liverpool, Manchester, Leeds, Sheffield, etc. cetera. I, I do like that, but I know that i better off here like the price I pay for being here is much 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 better than being there for that small kind of reward so yeah and I like what you just mentioned actually about the the constraints where I would probably have an itinerary so I'd be like okay let's say day one and actually with family day two friends day three other friends day four other friends for example and I'll think oh yeah and once that's all over I'll think all right what's left now like go to the like local park that I went to when I was ten. Uh, yeah, kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. Been there, done that. Yeah. I know the score <laughs> the story, and I also realised. I think to be honest with you, and I don't want to sound too preachy. I think I know what will happen. As in, I can probably tell you right now which pubs back in my hometown, who's sat where, and who's <laughs> yeah, working, yeah, yeah, in what etc. Yeah, yeah, I feel like you know the same people will be doing the same things, and I'll think, oh well, oh I kind of came away from this. You know what I mean? I didn't want mm. to fall into that routine. So there we go.
0: And there's nothing wrong with that, right? I'm gonna put it out there. There's nothing wrong with those people doing that thing, but it's not me. And um, the whole premise of my podcast is that people should probably get out of that routine and go experience something different, um, because I think they can only gain from that. But um, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, I did miss some of the places, but yeah, you could probably see the same people year in year out. Next thing though, 300 episodes. Did you expect that this year?
1: No, I really didn't. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> I yeah, I wouldn't have predicted, but to be honest, I—I I, it was a, a struggle to get the first one out, because I made this idea in my head that doing a podcast was this monumental thing, and then I was interviewed around 20th of December 2020, and the guy got it out within three hours, and I was like, mm. it was that easy, all I did was pop on Zoom and have that chat, let me work out how you do this, so I just, you know, did it via the Zoom, and then did it via my phone, and now I've got microphones and a bit of a setup, etc., yeah. and then I realised, once I did the first one, but I was still nervous about actually doing it, because it's, you know, the whole procedure, and I'm also fairly shy, then once I did it, I thought, that was fine, so almost all that fear, and all that tension, and everything just lifted, and I thought, whoa, I really enjoyed that, and that was fine, let me do another, (laughs) I did another, and another, and suddenly it was getting out of hand at one point, I was like five a day during the lockdown, (laughs) and and as it happened, I realized I'd done 50 in the first two months, and thought, whoa, yo, I've kind of, gone and I, it, I wasn't even registering it as a lot I really wasn't to be honest mm. I wasn't thinking oh I do lots I'd kind of think oh yeah every kind of few days because I'm so genuinely interested in doing it I think why would I not do it like, there's yeah. very rarely a point where I take we, we chatted about this just before recording but there's very rarely a point this is probably the first ever time where I thought well I probably need a bit of a break now and the only reason is I, I don't necessarily need it it's just that a few different things have come up a few different you know, ideas for traveling and meeting friends, et cetera, and mm. where I've thought, yeah, I can probably just for a couple of weeks put the podcast on the back burner and, you know, use this time to reflect because you I, I do it probably on average one every other day. When you look 300 in yeah. 340 days, yeah, you know what I mean? So that's why I thought why not, just, why not just relax a little bit and think of better questions to ask and get completely invested in the guest. One paradox I think of doing 300 is I did learn from so many different people I probably didn't give some of those people the maximum attention or respect they deserved where I should have really researched them where you know, it's like anything really. If you interview 300 people, you can't be yeah. hugely interested in every guest because there are so many different others. So I probably this year, and I know you will ask me this later, is the plan to not do that much content, slow down and probably do a bit more research and ask a bit more whys on the end of each question and get them a bit longer. So to be honest with you, just make marginal improvements. I think I can do that for 2022, but I've no regrets about doing the 300 in 2021 because it was just a brilliant experience and it, it shows how much I liked it. Like if I was willing to do that many, I really got stuck into it and I loved it.
0: Yeah, I mean, that is incredibly relentless. My real question is, did you did you really have like a plan in terms of um, like a structure to release podcast episodes? Or was it like next person's on, right, let's get that released. Uh, next person, like, was there any kind of rhythm to it or it's just what kind what came up that week
1: no structure or rhythm whatsoever because I felt it would disrupt me or hinder me where mm. I'd go oh I can't release it on until Monday because of views etc and I realized at the start of the year I just enjoyed it so much that this is my experimental year where okay. I would do random ones such as cold ones with Connor where there'd be no I wouldn't even do any research I would just get people on we talk and see where we went yeah and then I'd do the same for zoom and I'd have group ones and I'd try almost every different aspect of podcast that you could just to see what worked and what didn't and now i now i kind of know and also if i if i would do that where i'd wait for the weekly just to get more views etc i realized that because it's my first year that it's not going to change it that much Mm -hmm. like okay it will be better and that's and i definitely see why people do it and i really don't knock them i think you know what it's probably better to have a structure but for me personally the fact i enjoyed it so much i thought just keep releasing just keep releasing because i love it and it gives me more connection, and it means I can meet more people. So that's why I just went down that route of just release, release, release. In terms of, I'd say, external validation, like more views, more followers, more subscribers, etc. It probably would be better to be more consistent, as in do it every Monday or every Friday, but I wasn't really too fussed where I feel like that will come in time. Just for now, because it's in my early years development as an interviewer, release, release, release. All about practice.
0: Yeah, I absolutely understand that. And I think I'm a bit guilty of that as well, about kind of being a bit too obsessive sometimes with the views and the downloads. Um, I'm constantly every day trying to analyze what's going on, but I don't think you can analyze every day. It's too much. Um, But yeah, it's interesting your style because everyone's different, aren't they? So you've got so much content to cover as well. Um, I can imagine that you've probably got like heaps and heaps of people coming on. Um, for weeks to come so that's great it's unbelievable that you've got that reach and that kind of volume of content I think it's quite inspiring
1: yeah for sure thank you man I like just yeah seeing how many people can come on and from different backgrounds as well just seeing people yet who are doctors some are musicians some are sports people and just making that connection over time where even we're an example where we met, I think the first time in July. And since then you've appeared on three times. I've appeared on yours now twice. Yeah. You established that rapport and connection over time where it's a catch up. And one day we will meet in person and like have a beer over this stuff. And talk yeah. About yeah. It. yeah be great. And, I can't wait. <laughs> with quite a few people. And, yeah. That, that's why I love the medium. And to, yeah, I, I kind of did realize that for the, the point where I do it, where I just publish so many, some people might, not be, I ter- might be turned off by that where they'll go and think oh, I'm not going to listen to 200 or whatnot. and I get that but some people might go to say 5 episodes and think oh I won't only listen to 5 it all depends on people's preferences and you really can't please anybody so I thought whatever yeah. my style is and if it suits me to release this many I'll just do it and then yeah. like wow, I love this it's one of those moments where I get such a buzz from the entire procedure I thought let's just keep releasing, keep releasing it. <laughs> getting as much practice as possible because I love the control about it, the fact that on this podcast medium, you can choose your questions, you yep. can choose your guest, you can choose how you ask a certain, you can choose your topics, you can choose when you release it, you have the choice. And I thought, if, for example, I've listened to podcasters before who became, I don't want to use the word famous, but they became monetized, etc., where they got all the likes, the followers, the subscribers, but then they had to change bits of the show where it wasn't as fun, mm. and now that, and they didn't have the freedom, now I have complete freedom if i if i want to release an episode every day i can do it so i'll just do it i, mean, I feel like there is, there is actually a limit on spotify i, I think oh, okay. seven, i think there is you know yeah so i don't, I don't oh, wow. Enough. yeah so i feel like i'm kind of coming pretty close to it so we'll see how that goes but when the time is right we'll see how i get onto a new platform or whatnot but we'll see what goes, we'll see what happens i'll have to like make comeback two or comeback three and just keep going
0: is that like, is that a year or is that like, uh,
1: I think total? it's just overall, I think when, when a certain platform, it was actually the Lewis Howes show that told me this and he has like millions of subscribers so, yeah, uh, but he, um, yeah he said that he made the School of Greatness with Lewis Howes and, sorry, the School of, um, yeah the School of Greatness and the School of Greatness Hall of Fame and all his best ones he put in the Hall of Fame and he only has a select few in there because he knows that, you know, like they're never going to get taken off Spotify whilst at a certain point it's like, oh you've reached your limit. Oh, I wow. say seven hundred. You can't do any more, so that's that kind of p- concerns me because I don't want to delete any of the episodes. that are there for a reason, so I I am bearing in mind that at one point I might have to make comeback two or something, and you know do another podcast. But for me to be honest with you, it's just because I enjoy it so much. Like going back to the earlier challenges I personally faced, a lot of them stem from not having a real hobby or a real connection or a real okay. purpose, and just yeah. drifting. And then I thought I need to get this because I had some kind of creative spark. I needed to get out somehow and then found podcasting. I thought, right, let's do it. And it's almost probably a couple of years of me deliberating doing it or not, but Mm. putting it off and being held back by fear. Once all that fear went away, all that energy kind of came into one. So that was just 300 episodes (laughs) straight out there because I'd been holding it for so long. You know when you hold something in for so long and then it just bursts? I think that's what happened, to be honest with you, in 2021.
0: That's a great point. I'm the same as you. I'm creative because I've done a music degree, so I'm naturally creative. Like I like to probably... I could still today like to sit on the guitar for two hours and play, but it, I kind of give, I kind of gave that up a little bit, and I, there was a void. And I think this is giving me more purpose as a podcast. Um, I can connect with random people or people I know and just talk about one country or an area of the world that they've been to and get some stories on record, which are quite fun, and that's quite addictive. It's it's cool. It's a it's a it's a nice addiction, I think, just to get people that you do or don't know uh, on kind of on record telling their story, um, whether that's yeah. travelled or whatever they've got to say. So it's kind of cool, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and it's a unique medium that you wouldn't ask in a pub or at work or in any other situation where you meet your colleagues, etc. I often find with, I think one of the reasons the last few years what has fascinated me is my own mental health journey, realizing how powerful talking was, but mm. you know, getting that conversation started is so tricky. So if you get on the podcast, boom, like, you <laughs> have the perfect, and you can ask questions that you wouldn't ask in the pub in case of being intrusive, etc. So. Not that, you know, you can go on a podcast and ask people anything. You still need some degree of, you know, boundaries. But you can definitely go to places where you wouldn't in standard life. And that's what I love about it.
0: Yeah. And I get asked, I don't know if you get asked this um, at all by anyone you know, but some people are like, oh, do you, like, ever edit anything out, like, of your podcast episode? I'm like, do you know what? I don't. Unless it's really controversial, which is quite rare. yeah. Yeah. like it's. I'm the same as you. Anything goes. If it's funny or it's a bit risque, and I think it's fine, it's going out there. So... Yeah, I kind of like those boundaries are quite fine with travel because travel can have some funny stories. So it is quite an
1: yeah. interesting medium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine, yeah, I think mine's a bit different where sometimes a guest will say something, like, ooh, that's a little bit. Mm. Yeah, there'll be a bit of me that thinks, hmm, should I leave this in or not? But I very, very, very rarely, I think probably only twice in 300 episodes, have actually removed, you know, a snippet of conversation oh, okay. that's, that's there where usually I will take out, you know, pauses or, you know, if someone goes, um, Wait, give me a minute, and then I'll I'll say. Can you sure. leave this out? I'll take sure. that out. But yeah. I'll never, you know, cut bits that I don't agree with or whatnot. I think one because I think the real reason is because I'm quite lazy, and I don't actually enjoy that aspect. So okay. I'd rather do the talking. But also, I do think it's much better if it's just unfiltered, uncensored, straight conversation, and it's authentic. People realize it. That's why I think podcasting is more popular now than perhaps mainstream television when you know you just want a certain snippet or you yeah. want a certain angle well that's why if I was to take out bits I didn't agree with it just wouldn't it wouldn't flow and it wouldn't fit and it wouldn't be useful because if a guest comes on and knows that I'm just going to take out certain bits no yeah. no you include the whole package and you know that's the real nature of the conversation and listeners might get great takeaways as a result so I, I do it in that regard
0: and I'm the same because I'm quite fluid with my time and that's purely based on could be a random conversation that we've had or something that we've kind of gone on a tangent for 10 minutes and it's a bit more authentic. Yeah, you're right. You take out the, the bits where they say, I need to go to the toilet, blah, 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 Like you take those out. And I, I'm actually saying, I think I can remember twice in my year so far that I've taken something out that's a bit too risque for the crowd. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I won't say which guest, but when, when I heard one of the stories, I was like, mate, I'm going to stop recording here and hear more about this. I didn't even know about this. <laughs> so I had to like, yeah, just to get the, get the low down on that. I don't do it too often. I think it, yeah. The authentic feel is, is what people are going for. I think.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: I've got um, some more questions uh, for you. I, I was deb- debating here what to do. I was like, do I chuck it into conversation or do I amend my questions? That I have like towards the end of the episode, which are normally like quick fire travel questions. But I was going to mend them for you today and have, like, not quick fire, but just some questions about your podcast this year, like, you know, okay. some information. I thought it would be quite a cool uh, on-the-fly uh, adaptation because you're a second, yeah, you're sure. second time on. So
1: Yeah, oh, I like that, man. Fire away.
0: Yeah, I thought I could route out some questions to you, favourite things or things you've learned. So here we go. Do any quotes kind of stick out in your mind from people or snippets of conversation where it kind of blew your mind or you felt the need to share it?
1: One of the guests that I was delighted to have on, all guests I am, but one of the co-hosts of my favorite podcast, Damien Hughes from High Performance, yeah. where he would do things like success leaves clues, where you can look at people in the public domain or not, or maybe people around you that have achieved things you would like to do and see what is it that they're doing. They're probably not doing something that extraordinary. They're probably mm-hmm. just doing the small bits right, like turning up on time, being polite to everyone in their organization, making sure that they have the right preparation, they go to sleep. At a certain time the night before they have their gym clothes ready to do their workout etc so really look at the small details and also one of the things in that episode of with Damien but it comes up in all other areas is that you do have a degree of control and if you think you have an internal locus of control you are more likely to successfully solve your situation but if you bl- blame an external factor such as the weather or the government or your friendship circle etc you do Mm. have a factor in how you react it's almost it's not your fault what happens to you and not by any stretch bad things do happen to people of course and I don't really want I don't feel entirely comfortable discussing this sometimes because I've never faced a huge challenge in my life externally shall we say Mm. but you do have a choice how you react so it's not what happens to you but how you react if you think the world's against you, then it will be. If you think you can get an opportunity in a situation rather than a setback, you will. So I think that responsibility is the key. Where often, often a lot of things that go wrong, you do have a degree of control over. Where, is for example, X pissed me off. No, if you switch that to I was pissed off because of X, then you're in control of it now. Yeah. You can think, yeah. well, why, why did X piss me off? Because, for example. James spoke to me a little bit, a little bit bluntly today. I could be like, oh, what a dickhead, et cetera. But if I think maybe he was just having a rough day, maybe there was that situation, does it really matter in the grand scheme of things? Does that two-second exchange affect the rest of my day as a result? I can control that. Let's just stick it in the back of my mind and move on. That's taking control and responsibility. That's the internal locus. So that's one of the key themes and key quotes from that episode that has really resonated with me, both successfully clues, but also fault responsibility it's not your fault but it is your responsibility how you react
0: yeah unbelievable section that <laughs> i totally agree with all of it yeah uh, i can i can be guilty of a bit being a bit angry about certain things sometimes uh it's not, nowhere near my control so i have to control my own self about why i react yeah, to those situations
1: exactly, yeah exactly, yeah I, I learned i learned the hard way through a lot of this when i go on the podcast i say a lot of these things and i think like if you were listening, you might think, "Oh well, he well, who's he to say that But I've learned the hard way. I've yeah. made all of the mistakes, so I kind of I've learned quite a lot of lessons as a result, so I think I'm in a place to be able to say this stuff.
0: That's fair enough. yeah. I'll tell you I'll tell you one podcast episode that blew my mind uh, randomly. <laughs> I mentioned this a few times is i I don't really listen to Joe Rogan. um it, he's not like someone I would listen to that often, but I did listen to one of his with uh, a guy called Matt Walker and uh, why we sleep why we sleep the book and i haven't read it yet i've still i'm still listening to it his podcast episode matt walker for two hours talking about sleep blew my mind <laughs> like even Joe rogan was like fuck what no really like he was just flabbergasted at some of the stuff that's coming out and yeah there's some of the stuff about sleep that you would even dream of and how it even affects your life is is incredible
1: yeah absolutely man
0: um, so if people want to get a book and read about something that's really important get why we sleep from matt walker i've not been paid to say that it's just a great um book to kind of learn about why sleep is so important um to your day yeah so on your podcast uh, episodes is there any um random subjects that you didn't think you'd cover like i know you said you cover a bit of travel like I, I wouldn't imagine was travel part of the
1: sort of like planning at the start or not was at the start it, not at the start no, no? No, I stumbled across it where I realised I'll just do Expat Life where at the start it was comeback from adversity and that was it. But then once I'd try and source guests, they would say, Oh, I'm not really comfortable talking about my trauma and I'd say, you know what, that's absolutely fair enough And then I realised I don't want this podcast just to be a you know, a comeback podcast type thing where mm. I do think it's important to discuss serious and heavy subjects and how you came back. I think they're really important. I don't shy away at all. But sometimes I do want to, you know, just have a bit of fun and talk about, you know, live traveling in Vietnam or Thailand, Cambodia, uh, Laos, etc. Just, yeah, have a more laid-back approach. That's why I did Expat Life, where people who've lived in Vietnam have often, you know, hugely interesting background stories, like they've lived in the Bahamas or they've lived in Bangladesh. And I thought, you've lived in Bangladesh? Tell me more (laughs) about this, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, it was another country, and I think where even was it? Now, this sounds uh, that I probably should exactly remember, but it was a country in Africa, which I hadn't i'd only the slightest i'd heard of it like once or twice and someone said yeah we lived there for six months And they just hit me i thought what you And then I, you know they said they said it casually in conversation So yeah. i said oh, was vietnam your first travel experience they went no we lived in um canada we lived in singapore uh, then we lived in i can't even remember the country uh, for six months and then we came to vietnam uh after a stent in america and i it was one of them where i thought you lived there <laughs> yeah. like living there yeah even like one of my friends here uh She's from Sheffield, so she's not far from me in Manchester. But she lived in Malawi for a year at eighteen. She's a colleague. and I thought, what was it like living in Malawi for a mm. year at eighteen? When everyone else is, you know, trying to get to the nightclub for the first time with a real life. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I was. I was a dosser when I was eighteen. so oh, I was like, yeah. What, you live in Malawi. What? <laughs> Tell me more about this. You know. So that's why travel came up. And to answer your question about random topics, um, there aren't that many. Ah, probably a few more esoteric ones. Like numerology, or oh, yeah. dualism, or spirituality, or hypnotherapy, where you know the initial concept. I thought, well, I don't really understand this. Like, and most people's initial reaction would to be, "Oh, what's that nonsense?" Etc. Then, but I have a different approach now that I'm growing up and becoming more open-minded. I think, why not see if I can learn something from this? Like, yeah, yeah. What, You think? It, I, I remember when I was 21, I accessed a guy called Paul McKenna, who's famous yeah. in UK. I'm not sure you're familiar.
0: Yeah, yeah, I am, yeah, probably kind of, yeah. Yeah,
1: sure. yeah. And I, I, his book was Change Your Life in Seven Days, and I thought this is absolute nonsense. But I thought I'd give it a try. <laughs> you know, read it, and I did a few of the techniques, I thought, to get rid of, say, past, you know, triggering memories, and then mm. I thought, ooh, this is actually working. I thought, <laughs> oh, okay, let, let me let me look a bit further. And that's when I, you know, I really became exposed and thought, why not give this a shot? Where that's So when I'd hear people, you know, talk about how... Your life path is determined by the numbers you were born, etc. My initial reaction, going back from my childhood, would be, oh, that's a bit of rubbish. But now I think, right, let's see what it is. Let's actually find out where, you know, the the worst case scenario, I come away thinking, oh, that was nonsense. Yeah. Or the best case yeah. scenario, I learned something very new which could really, really benefit me. Where those Paul McKenna trances, oh, I forgot to mention, he had a hypnotic trance where you lie on a bed and for 15 minutes there's all this music playing in your ears and it's like, you are relaxed in your day and there's all this situation. I thought, this is rubbish. There's no chance I'm going to do this. However, one day I thought, right, let's give it a shot. Woke up feeling enlightened, refreshed. I saw the trees and the flowers blossom better than I ever done before and thought, maybe there's something to this. So as a result, I think, and if I hadn't done that, I probably wouldn't have had the confidence to then go to Vietnam or Mm. really look at what's happening internally, which is causing me a lot of distress so taking responsibility for my own internal state so you know if I didn't have that open mindset I wouldn't have done that so that's why now with this podcast going back to themes such as hypnotherapy non-dualism etc they've really stuck out where I thought why not try and get little snippets from this that can take me forward in my own life let's give this a try yeah
0: and that kind of leads me to my next question it's interesting thought that has anyone reached out to you because of your podcast to say oh do you know what that episode or that guest or you have uh, kind of changed my life or changed my thinking. Have, have you had many of those messages before?
1: Yes, more than I expected, to be honest with you. Oh, and okay. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Like the first time I thought, wow, this is incredible. And yeah, no, it's happened quite a few times. And also people have reached out saying, you know, can I come and discuss this subject? Because I haven't done it before, but I think it would be useful. And I've listened to your podcast. And I know that you let the guests speak, etc. Can I do this? I think, yeah, absolutely. And I love it when people do that as well, because... That's when I think, right, okay, this is what I planned to come back to be, it's becoming. Where people feel comfortable having these stories, perfect. So, yeah, that has happened and it's a bit, um, it's a great feeling, but I always, it's it's slightly overwhelming sometimes, I think, wow, like, I never realised that, you know, me just chatting in my bedroom could have an impact to somebody (laughs) from a completely different environment. It's just, yeah, it can be a bit overwhelming, but it's a brilliant feeling, it really is satisfying and it's when you know that your podcast is working.
0: Yeah, I, I can't think of anything that's better for your podcast because that's the, yeah. the whole idea, right? It's to help someone out.
1: That's the
0: whole key thing. Um, I think the equivalent for me would probably be if someone said, oh, do you know what? I heard Connor talk about Vietnam and I'm, I'm going to go and teach Vietnam because I want to experience Taiwan. Brilliant. I, I hope that happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've, I've not really had many people message because weirdly enough for me. Travel has not really been a thing this year because of COVID. So yeah, I don't gosh. think I've had the opportunity to maybe even... It's weird. I've not really spoken to many people on their travels because no one's doing it. Um, I see the odd people on Instagram, like dotting about the world, on like how you've been doing that with the regulation stuff. But they were probably <laughs> travelling already before COVID. But yeah, there's a few people dotting about, but not too many. So
1: yeah, not many. It is possible. I, I can tell you one person who is. Have a guess who is in my family. <laughs> oh, your dad. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, he's travelling. Yeah, he, he's it, where is he now? <laughs> Dominican Republic oh bloody hell
0: is, is that a new country or is that a, a regular i can't
1: remember i can't remember we this morning, but yeah yeah so yeah he, he he finds a way but yeah no it's, it's not been as popular as you know that that uh as it used to be of course because of the covid restrictions
0: yeah i think the unrestricted travel hasn't really happened yet i think people can obviously dip to a country for a few weeks with um tests and stuff but yeah the whole unrestricted like hop your backpack on and go it's not really happened yet um I'm trying to coax a few people on that. I can see dotting about on Instagram, but yeah, that's kind of 2022 is to be interesting year for that. I'm keen to see what happens, including myself um, potentially. So we'll see. um I have one more, uh, another question that kind of, like in terms of the subjects, do you, do you think you're going to review or even like prioritize in the new year or is, is it still anything goes like for your podcast in 2022? Like um is there anything in, differently want to delve into
1: um good question good question i think and i have thought about this this is why i'm glad you asked i think i will go down two main routes one is traveling abroad but setting up business here so not necessarily and i will still do some you know coming abroad to teach english like i did mm. but going back to what we mentioned earlier like coming abroad and setting up business like people are really going to wonder how you do that yes and i've had you already this can be you know, uh, opening gyms or restaurants or anything else, and I think, yeah, okay, I want to go down that route because I'm really interested in, in the next few years potentially getting into business myself, away from journalism. So thinking, right, yeah, how do you actually go about doing this? So I would go down that route. And also probably more, more related to spirituality to a degree, but also science, where combining the two to how you actually get better because I'm always fascinated when people tell me certain techniques you can use to actually heal from your past trauma, such mm. as tapping under your eyes, that can be useful, such as a havening technique, which is just stroking your arms lightly and thinking of certain things, changing your state, like Tony Robbins advocates. Little bits like that where I think, I would never think that you know tapping under my eye for a few minutes could actually change my life. Same with breath work, the way we breathe. I used to think that breathing was just, you, know, you breathe, it's just, you know, yeah it happens. Yeah. Realising you do it in a certain way. For example, I saw a technique that if you breathe like the the song Queen, we will rock you, try it. So I thought, okay, I'll try this. (laughs) Did it for two minutes and felt really, really good. And then thought, wow, if I'm facing anxiety, which does happen to me occasionally, why not try that? And Okay, maybe it's slightly weird, but I would rather do something weird for two minutes and feel good than just let anxiety run loose (laughs) for an hour or so. So I'm... You know, picking up little unique tips like that are definitely a route that I'd like to go down. So probably more business abroad and mixing science and spirituality. They're probably the two main avenues to call it that, that I would go down towards 2022 on the pod. But I am still keen on doing other subjects. The comeback from adversity will always be there. Also interested in speaking to people doing creative stuff, self-development. Those are the primary two, but there will still be some free flow.
0: Okay. Randomly about breathing. (laughs) Do you know a guy called James James Nestor? I don't, no. Okay. Don't. So um I listen to well quite a lot of podcasts, but um, one of my favorite ones is a, is a James Smith podcast, PT James Smith. Um, he does it very casually. He gets like <laughs> loads of listeners, but that's not his game. He's a PT instructor. So he does these podcast episodes now and then. And he spoke to someone called James Nestor. It's his latest podcast, number 65. And it's called The Long Last Art of Breathing Correctly. And I think uh, if you're interested in breathing, that might be a cool podcast episode for an hour to check out about how it can really change your life. so there you go
1: Excellent thank you man I'll note that one down.
0: No worries um next question I've got a few more uh any lessons learned from your podcast experience this year maybe things that you did that were not so good or things that you can do better or even things that were went better than expected like what are a few things can you kind of recall from twenty twenty one
1: yeah, uh, I'm glad that I did the, the mix of doing both group interviews, both in Zoom and in person, and trialling a co-host, and speaking to people about different topics. I'm glad that I did that mix. However, I know what works and what doesn't work. I In person works 10 times better than Zoom, 10 times better for me. So I really try and get as many of them as possible. Yeah. Uh, also, group Zooms don't work. I've tried it before, and I've also tried freestyle group Zooms, And if they're the episodes that I would not want people to listen to, it's them. Because, you know, when you try to have a conversation with two people on Zoom, it's hard enough, let alone when you don't actually know your next subject. So it's just people cutting over each other and it's by no fault of anyone. And I realized ah, very quickly, yeah, this doesn't work. I need to have some kind of structure in place when doing group conversations and also personal. I think for me, some people have, I guess, the gift of the gab and can speak Hours on end about any subject. I don't think I do. I like to have a structure in my mind of where I'm going with each interview. Mm. So when I look back, my slight, I won't say regret, but maybe my questions for people in certain fields would be slightly too generic. I'd rather follow up with a bit more about them as an individual and probably delve a bit deeper. Yeah, I think I probably should have paid the guest a lot more attention than they were. They were. I, I should have paid the guest a lot more attention, definitely. I think yeah. that I should have looked more into their background first before interviewing. And I now know for this year, really, when I'm doing an interview, treat that guest as if they are the most important person in the world at that particular moment. Shut out time. Do not do five in a day like I used to because it used to be like appointment slots where I'd be like, yes. I'm interviewing James 10 to 12 and someone else 2 till 4. And it, And I was realizing in my head, not consciously, but subconsciously, I would be, you know, uh, probably not paying them the dues they were worth. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm thinking I'm going to learn for this year. Anything else that I'm glad that happened? No, nah, I'm glad I did the variety. I'm glad I experimented a lot of things. I know what works and what doesn't work. But this year, I think a lot more structure and a lot more attention, to be honest with you. That are probably the two things that I will look to rectify.
0: Okay. And for 2022, um, what can we expect? Like, is there anything new on the horizon? I know you said, uh, did we chat this before the podcast episode about? you you're figuring a, th- a few things out maybe some different types of stuff on your podcast like is anything if you're willing you don't have to to share that is kind of new for 2022
1: um no it's a good question i can't really think of anything dramatically new except for the fact that i might get back into blogging and writing more pieces i want to get better as a writer as well okay and now i've done enough you know podcast attempts shall we say of like you know trying to get better at this I think I need to probably try and do that with the writing I've always enjoyed writing I've always felt like I was naturally pretty drawn to it so I need to get better at that so I think I'll go more towards that route of just writing about stuff I'm interested in or perhaps writing my thoughts on a certain episode in depth and why you should listen to it etc maybe doing key takeaways I've got plenty of guests to choose from now where I can go back in the archives and go oh yeah episode 80 you should listen to this and this is what you might be interested in because of this Mm -hmm. Perhaps, yeah, almost, not review my own podcast, but give previews of, give snippets of each episode in word form, why you should listen, and hopefully that might work. I'm also interested in reviewing anything, like writing about albums I like, or, you know, writing about sports teams, or writing about travel life, or writing about my opinions on current world events, or social events, just seeing where I go, really. I think I'll get a bit more into the writing, shall we say. So that's probably the most new thing that you can expect this year. Okay,
0: that's cool to hear uh, i look forward to watching out for that because I, kn- I knew you a bit of a blogger back in the day or before this yeah, so that, yeah i was i would be keen to to see that i think uh what, what you've kind of said the last like half an hour is kind of resonating in my mind is because my my podcast episode is great in terms of like they're travel based and they're pretty much are there's a few things we kind of go in tangents about but they're pretty much travel based but i would love to do more Uh, Like you say, like different types of subjects. Um, I won't be writing because I'm not very good at writing. So it would have to be a podcast. But yeah, I was kind of thinking the other day that 2022, I'd like to venture out into um, other subjects of life. I don't know what that would be, but um, it's kind of a keen area to go into, I think.
1: Yeah, we'll see how it goes.
0: And do you... I've got got a question here. We know we're not too obsessed with stats here. I've got some stats like in terms of questions. do, Do you know... Uh, how many countries have listened to your podcast since you started?
1: Yes, uh, I do know that only because I counted yesterday. <laughs> <for> the, <laughs> for, because to be honest, and I say this genuinely, I don't check it because the first two or three times I check my stats for listeners, etc., I was disappointed, and I realised whenever I check, I always you know expect more and more. Yeah. So I realised that if I don't check, it doesn't actually matter. Where if I did this. And not a single person listened. I would still do it. So why not try? And I know that it can be nice sometimes when you go and go. Oh, that's got more episodes. That's got more views than that episode, etc. But I do try to just avoid it. However, sometimes I look just to maybe be a bit more constructive and go. Okay, if there's an episode that gets say that if people who talk about spirituality get more views than people who talk about travel, then yep. you know I'll know what you know maybe to go for in the future. What what yep. the audience likes. So I do it occasionally, but not that often. But yesterday I did, and yeah, I counted 62 countries have listened.
0: Oh, same as me. Great oh, really? Work. Yeah, bang wow. on,
1: 62, yeah. Whoa.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't wow, accept that. <laughs> oh, mental. Yeah, that's great work. Uh, that is um, That blows my mind, like, in terms of for both of us. like um, Yeah. Especially I personally, like, that, like, yeah. like what, why, who, and why are people in the depths of different areas of the world that I know nothing really about listen to my podcast it's yeah. pretty crazy but thanks for thank yeah, listening
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah I, I love when I see your like new country day by day like which, not day by day but when you have a new country you'll go a new listener from say Bosnia and I'll be like that's so cool like who, who <laughs> Bosnia or the Faroe Islands or Kazakhstan? Yeah. like thinking yeah I'm gonna stick on comeback or winging it travel podcast like it, it's mad when you think of it but it's amazing
0: yeah it's crazy and I need to be better at doing what you do and not look every day, um, whether that's stats uh, in terms of downloads or countries, because I can get bogged down with that. And I think, like you say, what is the cutoff point? Like a million, uh, you know, a million podcast downloads. Oh, great! But it could have been two million. Like you're yeah, never yeah. going to be that's, satisfied. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm, get, um, I'm getting to that
1: point. I'm getting to that point now. of kind of knowing myself better that I know that I will never like be like, oh, that's a great figure. I will always be like, yeah, yes. That should yes. Yeah. So I'm quite content not looking because I know that the emotions and the feelings I get looking at it aren't positive. Mm. I'm always thinking, oh, Joe Rogan has more. Of course he fucking does. He's done <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, it's one of those. I'm, I'm pretty content just going with the flow. Yeah, i uh, big fan
0: of that. I think um, December was a bit of a crazy month for me. It's the best month in terms of downloads, best month for views, and best month, in, best month for reach in terms of countries. So you probably saw a lot of those posts. Um, yeah, that's okay. why. But I don't even know why. Um, that's my next question was there like a point in time if you were kind of looking at loosely about you know your reach was there a month or a week where you thought oh wow like it's kind of turned a little bit because I had a bit of a lull in the summer where I was looking and I was getting very little compared to what what I was getting earlier in the year and I was getting a bit down about it but was there a point in turn in time for you where it kind of changed
1: Yeah, there was, and I've come to a couple of theories, and this is just my guess. I don't actually know the reason. Uh, Around March, April, and I think it's because I'd done it for three months, and because I was hitting milestones like 50th episodes, and I had a couple of people who had some kind of public profile. So when you look at that, you'll think, ah, hang on, maybe he's serious. Because you know that a lot of people start projects and I've seen on social media, and I've done it myself. I've started a project, but not really finished it. It's just kind of like, you know, like I've seen a few people go, oh, I'll do a podcast, but then they go, yeah, maybe once every month or whatnot. And if you want to do it for that, it's fine. But I think after three months, you know, when I'm releasing fifty, people will think, hang on, I think he's serious about this. And people who I knew who weren't bothered at the start or didn't tell me would then pop up and go, yeah, I've just started listening to you. then people from different parts of the world be like well I listen to this and I I like this angle you're doing or some some actually said and I I take this as this is like a backhanded compliment they would say (laughs) you were really capable of having these conversations like I didn't think you had the you know kind of the the open mind or the Ah, knowledge to do this I thought oh right okay because these are people who knew me at school right years ago when I was probably so I was like oh no fair enough yeah yeah I kind of just got out of my comfort zone a bit and whatnot. and this is what life is like now but yeah yeah cheers for listening and whatnot. So that's my guess of why it happened but I don't actually know but yeah can I just say when this like hit came in March April it wasn't a million it was a long way short <laughs> oh, yeah. you, know, you know what I mean that was probably yeah. when I was like oh, a bit more traffic than usual this is quite nice yeah I also I'm not very this is something I need to improve I'm not the best at promoting so I'll only my even my Instagram I looked the other day my last post was like 27th December I thought oh I need wow. to like get back on the, the game here with you know if I have a guest and I've had some brilliant guests really promote them really say like in a few James today we we spoke about this this is why you should listen really go in with depth that's probably why i think i need to slow down the volume slightly in the new year and focus a bit more actually on the guests like a bit more yeah a little bit more quality than quantity in terms of specific Mm. episodes but still release regularly it's that kind of balance but it's yeah yeah because I used to think it might be a problem. Like in my mind, I could say, oh yeah, but I need to have this episode by this day and I need to promote this and I need this amount of views and I'd make it then a problem. But then I realized that a year or two ago, if you'd have told me, one, I'd be living in Vietnam and I'd be doing this podcast and I'd be connecting with amazing people from all over the world, I'd have bitten your hand off and said that is yeah, a fantasy problem. That's absolutely. not a problem, it's a fantasy. So now that <laughs> I have that problem, quote unquote, I'm absolutely content with it. That I really don't let it bog me down. It can only become an issue if I make it an issue again, internal locus of control. If I start yeah. stressing about followers or money, or bi- then I'm going to struggle. But if I decide, no, oh, fuck it, I love doing it, and if I get it out two days later than expected, I'm not on a deadline. I'm my own boss for this situation. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. So I'm quite relaxed in that regard.
0: Yeah, social media is a tough one. It's uh, I'm quite relentless on it, um, which you might have seen. But um, I think I've done two posts a day, maybe even three, uh, since I <laughs> started the podcast. So was that February? uh yeah. what, 10 months no 11 months now yeah yeah, yeah. it's probably it's probably like two and a half a month a day sorry so yeah. that has been relentless right and people ask how do you do it and i tell them there's a few simple things one if you record a podcast you've got an unbelievable amount of content to share so you could snip it 30 seconds and say hey check this little bit out and it might entice people in or you could even talk about like you said the guest uh, I can then promote you for example about what you do and over the week um, for the episode and also for travel it's quite easy I've got loads of photos from traveling so I can pop one up about Vietnam for example tomorrow so there's like all that sort of content in it I'll give this analogy that I do it on the toilet so if you <laughs> if you're going to toilet twice a day for example if you're yeah if you need to go for number twos um you could sit in the toilet and do a post yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, I've got a few more questions, then we'll come to the bit where we can find you. Yeah, so last few questions. Uh, where, What platform do you think you're probably most popular on? Is it Spotify, do you think?
1: Yeah, it, I looked at it, it is Spotify. It is yeah. Spotify, yeah. Okay. Apple Podcasts are quite close, but Spotify's up there.
0: Okay, so people can find, obviously find you on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and I guess you're on um, the rest of the podcast platforms, I'd imagine, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, everywhere you can find it, I, I believe, except for YouTube. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, YouTube.
0: Yeah, it's weird. YouTube's a I I got told like from another podcast uh, guest, which is obviously great advice, to get on YouTube as soon as possible. But it's a weird medium because I don't I don't even know how you even promote YouTube. Like Instagram, I tell poly people every other day, like, oh yeah, I'm on YouTube. You can watch it in, like the video of the discussion. But barely anyone does. Like I get way more podcast downloads on just platforms other than YouTube. So I don't even know where that isn't that's even heading so yeah there you go weird one and where can they find you on social media uh
1: anywhere really like facebook but also instagram my main one is at the comeback with ck that's where i do (laughs) my minimal promoting links to all like the guests etc and i post stories fairly regularly so yeah, yeah i would on the spotify you can find it there so on instagram at the Combat with ck that's the best way to find me
0: and i've got a random question like is there anyone listening like how loose are you with guests like if someone just like randomly messes you say hey but." i think i think you said before like i want to come on and talk about the subject um is it pretty easy to get in contact with you to arrange that
1: yeah just find me at dm uh what i do now just to get a bit more idea of what we can talk about so it's not just a come on like loosely is Mm. that we have like a chat before it what this can be a phone call this can be a voice message this can be written answers of what we'll talk about and it's kind of a structure and sometimes i'll send a word document but yeah if you want to like you are usually welcome we'll just have the chat before exactly what it's going to be so feel free to fire away
0: brilliant um i don't think i have any more questions for you so i want to thank you for coming on again for a second time and i'm really looking forward to releasing this one because i feel like it's like an extension with more details from the first one so people can get yeah, some content sure. this time
1: yeah no it's been very yeah multi multi-layered so I've really enjoyed it thanks very much man and look forward to our round four and come back as well
0: <laughs> yes I'm kind of itching to get on so um that's that's one of my 2022 I guess goals was is to get on more podcasts I think um as a guest
1: yeah we've always got one here and once again James thanks very much mate thank you Ron. I really appreciate it thanks for coming on thank you
0: Thank you for listening to my Winginit It Travel podcast episode today. You can find me on Instagram at James Hammond Travel or Wingin' It Travel Podcast. You can search for both. I release weekly clips of this podcast episode as well as photos from the last eight to ten years of my travels. You can also find this podcast episode on YouTube. Please search for Winginit Travel Podcast and you can follow and subscribe today. It will either be the video of the podcast or there will be some still pictures to accompany the audio. You can also follow me on TikTok, Facebook and Pinterest by searching Winging It Travel Podcast. I do release daily content to do with travel and the podcast throughout the week. Also check out my website jameshammond.org. There's content about myself, my travels and there's also a newsletter sign up as well as a contact form. Finally, please rate and review the podcast on Podchaser. This is my platform of choice. Alternatively, you can rate this on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts from. This really helps the podcast gain a bit of traction for the future in terms of guests and content. And I'm glad to see that you guys are listening out there, reviewing it and enjoying the content so far. Stay safe. Stay humble. Keep listening. Keep traveling. And I'll catch you soon. Cheers, James.